Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 39 Noodle, the Human Beekeeper. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Nolan Page's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Alright everyone, welcome to another week's episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the coolest unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, if I might say so in my biased opinion. I'm joined by a good friend from my college days, so why don't I turn the mic over to you, ask you to introduce yourself, and tell us what it is that you do. Hi, I'm Nolan Page. I'm a water technician down in San Antonio. Cool. I guess technically I'm an operator. At one of the water plants. Oh, cool. We're, it's one of the, the new water plants, so we're, you know, we're treating the water. So I'm glad that I have a good friend that's helping to make sure that we have good water in Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you. Yes. <laughs> so heading into the next question then, do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, I don't have a campaign going on right now, but uh, I, I've played a little. Basically, I've done two one-shots and one full campaign. And if I'm not mistaken, you're also fairly invested into wargaming, like tabletop wargaming, am I correct? Uh, yes, specifically uh, Warhammer 40,000. I got my start with my friends in junior high, though. I had more fun making the minis and painting them because what inadvertently would happen is my friends would begin to argue about which characters they could and could not use. And so that would be like three of my friends doing that while other two of us would be like, hey, look at this cool tank I painted. Like, oh, that's real me. Oh, here's these guys that I painted. While I had <laughs> Imperial Guard troops, I never actually got the opportunity to play them in a real legitimate game. So I missed out on that. I mean, essentially, Wargaming is the inspiration point for Dungeons & Dragons coming into existence. So since you're an active player in Wargaming, maybe you can tell me about your little bit about your experiences with Wargaming and how you feel that feeds into and fosters the ability for tabletop role-playing games. Going off of my uh, last campaign that I played, I think I might think about strategies a little bit, like combat strategies a little bit different than the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't played 40K in well over a year because, well, that's life. When I would play, usually what we would do is instead of just like, oh, your guys are dead, blah, we would 
try to tell a story mm-hmm. like okay this guy's dueling this guy how's it happen how's that turn out right making it more cinematic and more personable yeah, yeah. cool and you know that, that's just the way we played it's nice to know that the war gaming tradition is still alive and that you enjoy playing it as well as dungeons and dragons yeah yeah. Do you happen to have a favorite NPC from an RPG, a video game, etc.? And why are they your favorite NPC or sidekick? Well, it's been a while since I played Halo, but I always thought Cortana was pretty cool. I liked how she was a computer program, but, you know, she could get into all the systems, hack everything. Like, it was like a smart thing. Mm-hmm. So she was a computer program, but she had personality and flavor. She wasn't just a generic, oh, I'm a computer program, let me help you out. It's just that she had a whole personality and identity. So much so that Microsoft, I guess, now has her as like Apple's counterpart to Siri for a Microsoft device. You would say Cortana and then boop, she pops up to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had a chance to play through the entirety of the Halo series? No. Okay. Because my understanding is that she kind of has a turn somewhere near the end of the series. Yeah. Heck, I don't even remember which game it is, but I got about halfway through that one. Okay, the final one. And then it was like, oh no, Cortana's turning evil. Your sudden but inevitable betrayal. (laughs) So then, counterpart for side quest, what's been one of your favorite side quests from RPG, video game, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? see well you know as i told you i don't have a whole lot of experience in rpgs or in D, but in the the campaign we just finished mm-hmm. we did a, a little side quest went into this like ancient abandoned cave basically it had been carved out and everything by like a cult okay so we went through this cave and it had all these booby traps and everything when we got out of the cave i had a pet dragon you had a pet dragon that's awesome oh yeah so you know that was that was a lot of fun yeah that's <laughs> you go into a cave thing thinking, oh, it's just cultists we're going to have to deal with. And then you come out of it with a dragon as a pet. What kind of dragon yeah. was it? Well, it was kind of a homebrew type of dragon, like a luck dragon. Oh, like Falcor? Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. He was blue and his breath weapon was basically randomized. Oh, wow. He'll shoot lightning or he'll shoot acid or, you know. Wow, that sounds pretty amazing. And he was like a young or a baby dragon? Y- yes. In the side quest, I got the egg. And whenever I stepped out of the cave, it Mm -hmm. started to hatch. Oh, wow. So you just found an egg and then conveniently it hatched and it fixated on you. It was like, mama. And you were like, oh, okay, I guess I have a dragon now. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah. it was a lot of fun. (laughs) So to round out the personal interview section, what are you passionate about and why? Well, over the last few years and probably largely attributed to my wife, I've gotten more interested and concerned, I guess, with animals in the environment okay animals in the environment do you go spend time like at a local park a local zoo or a conservation and wildlife society or something like that yes we go to the zoo every chance we get and Mm. whenever we go visit a city we usually hit the zoo with all this coronavirus stuff we've been donating as much as we can And with the coronavirus going on currently at the time of this recording, have you taken an opportunity? I think some of these zoos have been doing like virtual tours and stuff like that, help the animals out and stuff like that. So they could see like robots with screens with people or something are coming by. Yeah. The San Antonio Zoo, they opened up where you could basically do a drive through. Oh, okay. You could actually drive your cars through the zoo. Oh, wow. It was pretty neat. It was nice to get there. It's not the same as, you know, going and walking 
And I do have to say, since you're in the San Antonio area, there is, of course, the other counterpart of that area, which is the Natural Bridge Caverns, which is wildlife generally just walking around freely and you're slowly driving your car through with your cup of food that you stick out the window and an emu or something tries to stick its head in your window to get at the food and you're like freaking out like, ah, the emu's sticking its head yeah. in my car. You guys have been to that one as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love that place too. Gone a few times. The first time we went there was the first time I ever saw an Audad, which just impressed the heck out of me. Wow. Are you familiar? I was going to say, could you remind me? Because I'll probably need to put something about this in the show notes just so I'll remember what it looks like. Basically, it's a big goat. A big goat. Well, it sounds like a giant goat then from Dungeons and Dragons. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like uh, they got the, the big impressive horns. Mm-hmm. Another name is Barberry Sheep, which okay. they're actually goats. They're, they're not sheep. Mm. But also, I'm not a biologist, so, you know. <laughs> right. All right. Now that we've learned about our esteemed guest, I think it's time to head into some NPC creation. Awesome. All right. <laughs> So I believe before the show began, you said that you had a character in mind that you were ready to create. Is that correct? Yes. I've been tinkering around and I've got some ideas, but I could use some help to fill in the gaps. (laughs) Sure. Not a problem. So let's see. The first thing we need to figure out is the character's name. So is this an item that you had ready or you were wanting some assistance with? Some assistance, please. All right, sure. So I've got my handy dandy table pulled up. So if you'd like to roll a d20, we'll figure out the name. All right, let's see. All right, a uh, 16. 16. Noodle. Noodle. That works. <laughs> All right, perfect. So what is the ancestry for Noodle? I don't, uh, do you mean like race or? Yeah, yeah, race. Ancestry, race. Okay. Sorry. I guess ancestry is kind of the nicer term of putting it. Some prominent members of the D&D community have begun to use that term. And, you know, I think it's nice. What is your ancestry? And it's like, ah, oh, I'm a dwarf. I hail from the hills. And you're like, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I just haven't heard that. But yeah, awesome. I was thinking either human or dwarf. Okay, human or dwarf. Do you want to leave it for both? Or do you want to like do a coin flip and figure out which one? Let's roll for it. Evens and odds. Okay, sure. Go for it. Uh, I guess odds human. Even more. Oh, odd it is. All right, so that would be a human then. Yeah. Noodle the human. Okay. What is their job or role in society? Oh, I just blinked on the word. A beekeeper. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Okay. Beekeeper. (laughs) How old is Noodle the beekeeper? I was thinking kind of upper middle aged, you know, maybe like 50. 50 or 60. Okay, that's a good solid number. Describe the physical appearance of Noodle, the 50, 60-year-old beekeeper. Let's see. About average height, kind of stout, strong, Mm -hmm. thinning hair, but a a good beard. Okay, thinning hair, good beard, okay. Anything else that would distinguish him to passersby? Not particularly. I was also trying to work out what he would, like, wear. Oh, okay. I'm not real sure what a fantasy-setting beekeeper would wear. (laughs) I mean, certainly if he's part of a class, if he's, say, like a druid kind, then maybe he doesn't have to wear protective clothes. He's just one with nature and the bees like him because he smells like their hive. Or maybe like if we were to do 
actual research into medieval beekeeping techniques, perhaps they'd be wearing robes or or something like that, sackcloth or or something to protect them in the event that the bees get upset and start trying to sting him or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Robes sound pretty good. Probably carrying a can of smoke or a sensor so that way he can pull up some smoke, peacefully fly off so he can go into the honeycombs and like extract the honey and stuff. Yeah, that makes that sounds good. A robe and a sensor. Okay, yeah. cool. Blessing the bees with some smoke and like, all right, get out of here, bees. I need some honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What three adjectives would describe noodle best? Let's see. I think gruff. Gruff, okay. Not necessarily like mean, but just mm-hmm. kind of shortened to the point. Right. He's got things to do. Yeah. Okay. I kind of picture him being happy to take care of his neighbors and stuff. Okay, neighborly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, neighborly. Maybe reclusive? Okay, he's neighborly, but he tends to keep to himself most of the time. So he's polite to people like, oh, hey, how are you doing? But he's not going to go out of his way to just like go into town or just stop over at his neighbor's farm and say hi and stuff like that. He's very concerned with his bees. He wants to always be there for his bees to make sure that they're okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, you know what? Let's shift gears a little bit. Go with dedicated. Dedicated Dedicated. to his bees. Okay, so not reclusive, just dedicated. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That works a little bit better with the the other ones. Okay. What is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or maybe an ideal or concept that Noodle subscribes to? I was thinking maybe something about the way he keeps the bees. Maybe the honey actually has some restorative qualities to it. Maybe even a little bit of healing. Okay. So the very honey that he harvests maybe has like a healing potion kind of essence to it. So if you were to imbibe and eat this honey, you would actually like regain hit points and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's a cool. lot, but you know. Right, not a lot, but maybe like a healing potion or half of a healing potion. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Because then certainly you could jar that stuff up and be like, here you go, honey, honey, honey. I like that. That's cool. And then what's going to be a particular side quest that Noodle the Beekeeper is going to need player character adventurer types to go and do for him? Well, taking a little bit of inspiration from what's been going on this last week, I'm thinking murder hornets. Oh, so there's an invasive species moving in on his bees? Yeah, and he needs help getting rid of them. Oh boy. Wow, because you could certainly play with some giant insect type monsters from D&D, and all of a sudden they're rampaging his personal meadows and stuff like that, and they're killing my bees! I need them eliminated! Okay, that's cool. (laughs) All right, what's going to be the reward? Well, I mean, he's not a rich guy, but he does have his magic honey. So he's willing to gift them some honey? Yeah. And now for the flip side of that, what's going to be the consequence of failure if maybe these giant insects end up killing his entire colony of bees or the player characters just refuse to help him? What's going to be the outcome of either of those two options? Well, I mean, I guess they would start killing off his hives and then everybody would be denied the uh, magic honey. Okay, so that's more for refusing the quest. Are the invasive insect species, are they going to cause even further havoc on the nearby farms and town and stuff like that if they're not dealt with? Yeah, yeah, they'll go uh, start bothering the livestock and then if they make it to town. Oh my gosh, giant insects killing livestock. Now, yeah, now it's turning into a more serious problem that they should have dealt with. Okay. I guess maybe on the smaller scale, they do try and help, but for whatever reason, the giant insects wipe out the colony and they fail to stop the giant insects from murdering his bees. What's going to be the outcome of that? Is he going to be mad at the adventurers or is he going to be like sympathetic? Like, oh, you tried and helped, but it didn't work. 
I think he would appreciate the help, even if it, they weren't successful. Okay. He'd probably have to, I, I suspect, move. Okay, so it would just force him to move, and he'd have to go find another queen to start a new colony and begin the process of making the magic honey once again. Yeah, that, that's what I would expect. Okay. Oh, wow. So then the next time they come through this particular area and they go to look for Noodle, Noodle's just not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, wow. So then I think without further ado, we should head into a random encounter. So this is going to be the part of the show where we do a roleplay exercise and you will be taking on the part of Noodle, the beekeeper. And I suppose I'll be my good boy, Duncan, the suicidally brave, who will take on any task. Perhaps we'll come across Noodle's beekeeping operations and we'll begin the scene there. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, so coming off of his last adventure of delivering a love letter for a certain taxidermist, the adventurer, Duncan, is walking down. It's a bright spring day, and he can see and hear all the bees humming and buzzing. As he crests the hill, he can see this man waving a sensor around as he's tending to a hive. And as Duncan approaches, he'll wave and be like, Hello, good sir. How are you doing this fine spring day? Hello, sir. I'm doing fine. Lovely to hear. And Duncan takes in the scene and he's like, wow, these are mighty vibrant field with all the flowers and the bees buzzing about. I, I'm sure you're making a vast quantity of honey from all this. Well, yes, sir, I am. We do, uh, do pretty good here. I try to take good care of my bees. I can see. Duncan will roll a perception check and he'll look over and off to the side of maybe a shed. It looks like there's some smashed beehives and he'll go and he'll look at that and comment to be like, oh, but does it seem like you've had some uh, unfortunate setbacks recently? Those look like fairly new hives that got smashed. Yeah, got some dang old big old wasps moving in. Big wasps? That sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, they're killing my bees. That sounds tragic. Well, I am an adventurer by trade, and no task is too small, no daring too little for me. Would you want my services in exterminating these pests for your bees? Well, sir, I'm not a rich man, but yes, your help would be much appreciated, and I, I do have some special honey that I could uh, reward you with. Special honey? Hmm... You know, sometimes I do have to cook my own food on the road when I'm not able to make it to an inn, so having a jar of honey on hand would be a pretty good thing to have in my tackle box. All right, point me in the direction of where these murderous beings are, and I will deal with them swiftly. Well, uh, as you saw, they're in the direction of the shed. All right, and I'm off. And Duncan will begin walking that way past the shed towards the forest to go find these murderous insects. <laughs> scene <laughs> all right all right so how do you think the scene played out you think it was pretty good to give us an idea of noodle and his operations and how he was an axe because he was certainly wasn't gruff and mean but i could tell like he's just very direct and very proper and like oh yes sir and very deferential and all that i felt like that was a pretty good uh, representation yeah i would love to hear the community implement noodle in their games and to see where the player characters would go from that it sounds like he'd be a great NPC to introduce at a low level. So adventurers are starting in a town and they go talk to Noodle outside of town. And Noodle's like, ah, these dang hornets, these insects are ruining my beehives. And then they can always go back to Noodle and get some magic honey, I guess. 
part of the reason I was part of my source for coming up with them. I've been studying up on DMing because mm-hmm. I've never done it, but I've got a, a little group of friends down here that are interested in playing. Awesome. And I was thinking of running like a, oh, what do you call it? A session zero, mm-hmm. maybe having them play basically a, what do you call it? We be goblins. Okay. So like have my little group just kind of get their feet wet playing goblins okay. and have them meet up with noodle. Not really like an adversarial type of thing, but maybe steal some honey and he tells them they can have all they want if they go kill big old wasps. Oh, okay. You know, something like that. Okay, well, that sounds awesome. I'm glad we were able to fully flesh out Noodle then, so you've already got an NPC ready to go for your introductory game. Would love to hear how that goes, whether you write it up and we can put it on our Reddit or something like that. That would be super cool to read and see how your players react to meeting Noodle for the first time. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. (laughs) Awesome. This podcast is all about giving resources and tools to players, to dungeon masters, to up and coming dungeon masters. So we're here to serve you and we certainly want to encourage and foster people to be playing the game and having fun with their friends. So we wish you the best of luck and we would love to have you back and tell us how it went and share your stories on our social media so that way we can promote it and give you guys some hype and stuff like that. Sounds great. With our final thoughts here and me turning the soapbox over to you, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything that you'd like to share? Where can people find you on the internet, etc.? Soapbox is yours. I don't really have much of an internet presence yet other than, you know, the normal Facebook and stuff. Well, any causes or anything that I know you've been saying that you and your wife have been patroning a lot of zoos and stuff like that. Maybe there's a special zoo or something that you like to give a shout out so that way our audience can go and support them likewise. Zoos in general, they get a bad rap, but it's uh, unfounded. They're good organizations. Promote, you know, knowledge. Knowledge, wildlife conservation and animal preservation. Yeah, exactly. You heard it here from Nolan. You need to be encouraged to support your local zoos and animal wildlife conservation efforts. So we're glad to be able to promote that message. Nolan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this great NPC and can't wait to have you back on the show in the future and let us know how things went with Noodle. Will do. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash Podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!
Yes.